Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be then Abimelech dwelt at Aramah, and Zebul drove out Gael and his brothers so that they would not dwell in Shechem. Wow, what Zebul just did? Zebul provoked Gael into coming outside of the protection of his city. He got him to come out. Verse 35, it says, Gael stood in the entrance of the city of the gate. He's still standing right there within the protection of his own city. But Zebul continued to mess with him until it says in verse 39 that Gael went out. (laughs) Zebul suckered Gael out of there, didn't he? He got him to come out. This guy just couldn't take the talk. He had to come out and answer to it. Guys, when somebody provokes you, don't ball your fists up. Calm down. Calm down. As a believer in Messiah Jesus, you represent Christ. Stay in your protection. Gail didn't do that. He fell for it, and he got in trouble. Zebul suckered him out of there. Where's your mouth now? And Gail's fighters were wiped out. Smart move, Gail. (laughs) Should have done a little better than that. That's what a big mouth will get for you. Judges 9 and 42. And it came about on the next day that the people went out into the field, and they told Abimelech. So he took his people, divided them into three companies, and lay in wait in the field. And he looked, and there were the people coming out of the city, and he rose against them and attacked them. Then Abimelech and the company that was with him rushed forward and stood at the entrance of the, city of, of the gate of the city, and the other two companies rushed upon all who were in the fields and killed them. So Abimelech fought against the city all that day. He took the city and killed the people who were in it, and he demolished the city and sowed it with salt. Okay, so every day the people came out of the city to work their fields. It's like we're going to work. We're going out to the fields now. And Abimelech took advantage of their work schedule to kill them all. They're not in the safety of their city. They came out to the fields, kind of like he drew, kind of like they drew uh, Gael out. The people are coming out to just go to work. And Abimelech kills them. This Abimelech is one bloodthirsty guy, isn't he? He's just killing people all over the place. Killing everybody at will. Now, sowing the city with salt was a symbolic sentence of infertility. That's why he did that. The Bible speaks in many places about barren, unproductive places as being salty. Uh, The Dead Sea is very salty. Nothing lives in it. And so he sowed it with salt as a trying to be like a testament against it. May you never produce anything again. He's trying to curse the city beyond just killing the people. You already killed everybody. Now you're going to sow salt on it. I mean, this guy is adding layer upon layer. Judges 9 and 46. Now, when all the men of the tower of Shechem had heard that, they entered the stronghold of the temple of the god Bereth. And it was told Abimelech that all the men of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. Then Abimelech went up to Mount Zalman, 
he and all the people who were with him. And Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bow from the trees and took it and laid it on his shoulder. Then he said to the people who were with him, What you have seen me do, make haste and do as I have done. So each of the people likewise cut down his own bow and followed Abimelech, put them against the stronghold, and set the stronghold on fire above them, so that all the people of the Tower of Shechem died, about a thousand men and women. A thousand now. Seventy sons of Gideon. A thousand people here in this one event. How many people were in the field? We don't know. People just dying by the hundreds, if not thousands. Now this group of people here, they're probably from the same city of those that he had just killed out in the field. He killed the people in the field, and now the people in the city heard about it. They went in to to get in a place of protection inside the city. But Abimelech killed them too. Now we have to remember something, though. These are people that just died. It is sad, I know. But these are people who were okay with the murder of Gideon's 70 sons. They were fine with that because they established Abimelech as king and went on about their lives. They were okay. Well, 70, whatever. Okay, let's just get back to work. And so now they went down for it. You see how God thinks about this sort of attitude. Judgment is now here, and there's nowhere to run. Judges 9 and 50. Then Abimelech went to Thebes, and he encamped against Thebes and took it. But there was a strong tower in the city, and all the men and women, all the people of the city, fled there and shut themselves in. Then they went up to the top of the tower. So Abimelech came as far as the tower and fought against it. And he drew near the door of the tower to burn it with fire. But a certain woman dropped an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. Then he called quickly to the young man, his armor bearer, and he said to him, Draw your sword and kill me, lest men say of me a woman killed him. So his young man thrust him through, and he died. And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they departed every man to his place. Thus God repaid the wickedness of Abimelech, which he had done to his father by killing his 70 brothers. And all the evil of the men of Shechem God returned on their own heads, and on them came the curse of Jotham, the son of Jeroboam. Hey, you asked for it, men. Did Jotham not come warn them? Why would God send somebody to warn you? For you to repent. To give you a chance to go, I'm sorry. I did very wrong. And they even after, even after 70 guys were killed, God still gave them an opportunity to repent of even that. But they didn't. You know, you might get away with something bad once. Maybe twice. Maybe, t- maybe ten times. You might get away with it for three years. But eventually, sin catches up with you just like it did for Abimelech. Abimelech was a killing machine. He was unstoppable. Who can stop this guy? But because God's curse was upon Abimelech, judgment fell on him. You could say a millstone fell on him too. Judgment got him. And he tried to cover it up by having his guy thrust him through. He tried to cover up how he died. (laughs) Um, But he died in disgrace, just like the disgrace that he was. And it has been forever publicized in God's Word. We're all knowing about it, even this many centuries later. He tried to cover it up. Guys, 
we're, if we're in this sin that God says stop doing, and you keep doing it, but I've gotten away with it this long, trust me, it will catch up to you. And not only will it catch up to you, but it could become known. I think right now is a good time for you to get right with Jesus, don't you? Right now is a good time to go ahead and do it. Now, Abimelech got what was coming to him, and I know the story makes it easy for us to say, well, he deserved it. Serves him right. I'm glad to see Abimelech went down. (laughs) But if we are so quick to think with satisfaction that Abimelech deserved his judgment, why are we not so quick to think that we deserve our judgment? If if it was good for Abimelech to get his, what about mine? I've done something wrong. Why is it so satisfying to see somebody else get what they deserve, but it's not so fun when it's our turn? I want us to back up and look again at verse 24. I asked you to hold that thought. Look at verse 24. It says that the crime done to the 70 sons of Jeroboam might be settled and their blood be laid on Abimelech, their brother, who killed them and on the men of Shechem. Verse 24 basically says that this crime had to be settled. This has to get dealt with. And the way it was settled is by laying the blood of the slain upon the guilty. Settled with the blood on the guilty. Y'all hear me? Settled with the blood on the guilty. This is how God dealt with it. Now, before we get too excited about Abimelech going down in his sin, we need to remember Romans 3 and 23. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's me. And you know that's you. We are all guilty of a crime. And God has to settle it. How is he going to settle it? The same way that we just read. The blood has to be laid upon the guilty. That's how God settles it. This means that the guilty have to go down for it. And if settling the curse meant that the blood of the innocent had to fall upon Abimelech and the Shechemites, then the same must also apply for you and me. Sin has brought us under a curse, a curse that God will settle, but God loves us. And so there's a real paradox here. God loves us, but the curse is on us. So how can God settle our curse without destroying us in the process? Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. You know, instead of the blood being on our head, God put it on Jesus instead, in our place, for us, sending Jesus to hang accursed for us, so that Jesus would die under God's judgment so that you and I don't have to. So good. Isaiah 53. This is a, this is a passage of Scripture that many beliefs and faiths skip reading. They will not read this very passage. But he was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to His own way, and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Abimelech and the Shechemites had to pay for their own sins with God's judgment upon them. 
But now is your chance to repent of your sins because God gave you a way out, didn't he? He gave us a way out by putting the curse on Jesus instead of, the, instead of leaving the curse on you. Jotham warned Abimelech and the Shechemites, but they did not listen. They did not repent. They continued to go into the house of their own little gods. They did not bow to the God of Israel. They did not listen. They went back to life as usual like nothing ever happened. We killed 70 guys. Oh, well, let's just go do what we do. God hated that. Everything was fine for three years until one day, bam, judgment hit. Judgment arrived. Abimelech kept on doing evil like there was no tomorrow until crunch. Then there was no tomorrow. No repentance whatsoever. These people should have listened to Jotham, shouldn't they? They should have listened, but they didn't. Instead, they gave their approval to establishing the sinful rule of a murderer. And because they did not repent, they had to pay for their iniquity on their own heads. Friends, today, right now, our nation has given its approval to establish the sinful rule of murderers in the United States of America. By the very laws of our land, there are abortion clinics in our cities killing unborn by the millions, not just 70, not just 1,000, but by the millions are being killed. There are abortion clinics in our cities all over. We stood at one yesterday. Saturday, first Saturday of the month, we go there and we stand in front of Planned Parenthood not to protest, not to throw signs around and yell at people, just to pray. We have seen girls show up that got driven there by some guy that wanted them to get an abortion. We got to talking with them. She changed her mind, went into the bus that's parked across the road where they have facilities to give an examination, give them options, and decided life instead of death. We've seen that happen because we're praying there. We don't approve of the leadership that says it's okay to kill. We don't approve of that. And like the Shechemites did, our culture, they just go on about their life like nothing's wrong. Just go back out in the fields and work. Got to make that money. Those that don't believe that God will come and settle this, by wrathful judgment, are just as ignorant as Abimelech and the Shechemites were. I don't like saying this, guys, but it is a problem out there. One day, while everything is just as ho-hum as always, judgment is going to arrive, and by then, it's too late. Everybody has their chance to listen to Jotham. They had their chance, but they didn't. So please listen to me today. This is not easy to stand up here and say this. Listen to me. Today is the day to repent of what God's Word says is sin. But you may be thinking, but Ray, I did not establish this rule that you're talking about. Okay, but if you approve of it, you're going down just like all the other people did. Consider the fact that all of these people here did not all personally kill the 70 sons of Gideon, but the fact that they approved of it by making Abimelech king 
caused them all to fall together under the same curse with Abimelech. Because they said, we're okay with this. Let's just get back to business. Friends, I'm going to tell you something here. and This is going to rub people the wrong way. I'm speaking according to God's Word from the story we just read. We cannot be Christians and approve of the actions of murdering spirits at the same time. It does not line up with God's Word. It doesn't. Hear this warning. God will settle it. Oh, but he hasn't yet, Ray. He hasn't yet. Well, that's probably what Abimelech thought for three years. One thing I want to say real quick, if you have done this that I'm talking about, realize that there is forgiveness. Realize there is forgiveness. That's why he sent Jotham to ask the people, you've got your chance to turn and come out. They did not listen. You've got your chance to repent right now. So if you've done this, it's okay. You can have forgiveness, and God will grant you that forgiveness. But for those who don't repent, God's going to settle it. He will. Remember, those who approved of these murderers, they were hit by a spirit of ill will. So don't open yourself up to demonic affliction. I think we need to stop politicizing murder in our country. We have politicized it. We need to realize that this is a demonic spiritual problem, not politics just like it was for the Israelites in this chapter. It was a spiritual issue. Now, God wants all to come to repentance. He does not want you to die with the curse on you. That's why Scripture says that the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. All. Well, not me. I've done too bad. No, the iniquity of us all. That includes you. That's the good news. Ray, I've done this sin. God offers you forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Take Him up on it. Colossians 1.14 We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Redemption means I'm buying you back. I'll take you back. So how does this work? If verse 24 shows us that God settled the crime by cursing the guilty, then how are we saved from the curse of sin if we are the ones who are guilty? We're the ones who are guilty. If the curse is on us, how does, how does this work? If the crime falls on us, I want to show you 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. Now remember, he put the guilt, the, the guilt of the crime upon the people who committed it. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Oh wow, look at that to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. (laughs) That makes me laugh, guys, because I'm so happy about it. That's so exciting. And I always say, if the Bible does not excite you, you're not reading it. (laughs) Just like how God settled the curse by placing the curse on the sinful, Jesus became our sin. And that's why crucifying Jesus also crucifies our sin along with Him. And that is how we have redemption through His blood. When you believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, the curse of your sin is lifted up off of you, and it's placed on Christ. God will deal with it. The question is, on who is He going to deal with it? On you or on Jesus? That's salvation, guys. 
That's why He's the only way. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Romans 8 and 1, here's the good news. For those of you who repent, here's the good news. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Some condemnation, maybe a little chance of condemnation. Maybe, well, you know, as long as you, you know, whatever, maybe it'll bite you a little. No, it says there's none of it. No condemnation. That means you're clear. This is not a sin license, but this is freedom and peace in Christ Jesus. My debt, my crime, has been settled. It's been dealt with. God took care of it. But He didn't take care of it on me. He took care of it on Christ. I'm thankful that Jesus came and gave that to me. Jesus has redeemed me from the curse, having become a curse for me. Now, if you want this free gift of salvation, whoever's hearing my voice, if you want this gift, you need to come to belief in Jesus as Lord and Savior. But if there is a spirit of ill will in your life, making you at the center of every conflict, then something is very wrong. Something's off. That spirit of ill will was what brought Abimelech and the Shechemites to take each other down, just as Jotham foretold. If you're living your life like this, ill will in your marriage, ill will in your family, ill will in your job, ill will in your friendships, there's something wrong with your walk with God. We're supposed to be showing people the love and peace of Jesus Christ. If there's ill will in every corner of your life, why is that ill will spirit in there? Maybe you opened yourself up for it. Time to repent. Now is a good time to get right with Jesus Christ. Father, the people did not repent after listening to Jotham. But Lord, I pray for everybody in here, everybody hearing me, that they repent. Lord, your word says most people think they're saved and they're not. And they're going to appear before you and say, oh, here we are, Lord. And you're going to say, depart, I never knew you. Lord, please show people that if this ill will is going on around them, maybe there's something they are doing wrong that they need to get right. Selfish pride drove Abimelech. Lord, show people how to turn from selfish pride and bow the knee and get low and get humble. And forgive us, Lord God, for our arrogance, for thinking we could do it better than you. Forgive us for turning our backs on you. If you're hearing my voice and you realize, and God is punctured in there and says, you, time to get right, agree with me in prayer and say this, Father God, I sinned, I messed up, I blew it. I ruined the whole thing. I damaged it beyond my ability to repair. But Lord, I realize that you came and you can fix it. And I want that curse to transfer from me. Thank you for taking it willingly for me so that I could be with you. I now give you my life. You're the Lord. You, that means you're my boss now. That means I do things your way. I will pursue you in your word. I'll stop doing things my own way. I give you my life. I believe that you've been raised from the dead. I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for giving me your free gift of grace. I am now yours. Show me what to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.